Their hearts are just so on fire for Jesus. Man, I've been so encouraged coming here, right? They, they, I think they brought me here thinking I was going to encourage them, and, and I hope that's happening. But, man, I got here, and I've been so encouraged by not just the staff and the leaders, but the students and their testimonies. They have, they have revived me, and I'm so thankful. I want to thank Pastor Matt and for this church Lakeview for bringing us here today for, for just, he has been a phenomenal leader. And I'm just saying this, I, I've been here two months and he has been a phenomenal leader in my life personally. And so y'all give your pastor a hand. I say that not to, not to glorify him, but to honor him for what he's done in this church and in my life. Thank you. I mean that so much. You are a man of God and I'm following you. Come on. I mean that. I don't, whatever brother Clarence, I'm following you, pastor. You're my pastor. All right, thank you. All right, let's get started here before y'all tune me out. You're not going to tune me out, right? We're just in the presence of God. You like this? My wife said, this is because my wife, she said, you need to put those tissues on the podium because you're going to need them. (laughs) I love you so much. And I've been shouting so much, I just got my water here. All right, we're going to jump right into the Word of God. Can we do that? Revelation 12, 10, and 11 says this. should be on the screen. It says, And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now have come the salvation. Thank you. I love you. (laughs) And the power and the kingdom of God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers have been thrown down. How many are thankful for that? He who accuses them day and night before our God, they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Come on. That's our whole message today. We're here to minister and share our testimony. That's where we're going. And they did not love their lives so as to shy away from death. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you will dwell in them. Today, I'm here to declare victory to you. You're not going to get an adult and teen challenge pitch from me. You're going to hear Stefan's heart. You're going to hear my testimony. And we're going to declare, because what did it say? They have conquered him by the blood of the lamb. And I'm declaring the blood of Jesus today. You're going to hear that. And by the word of their testimony, you're going to hear my testimony of why I'm standing before you today. I hope that's all right. One of my pastors, my former pastor, uh, Pastor Jason Daly from Madison Assembly of God. He's probably going to watch this. So I want to give him a shout out. I love him so much. He's been a mentor in my life. He said this constantly. He said, your greatest trial or test in life is either going to be your downfall or it's going to be your greatest testimony in life. Right? I want you to take a look at this video real quick for me. Josiah was born December 25th, 2015, and he lived for about 15 minutes. Holding him that day was just indescribable. We got to sing to him. We got to tell him how much mommy and daddy loved him. And I was so thankful that we were actually able to have that opportunity. Leslie had an early ultrasound, and we could immediately tell that there wasn't something quite right with the baby. The bladder was really enlarged. We decided to send her to a specialist, and they diagnosed bladder outlet obstruction. Um, and they told her that this was something that the baby probably wouldn't be able to survive. One of the recommendations by their specialists was to abort the baby. Oftentimes the world will tell us, this one's defective, just get rid of it. 
but daily, Stefan and Leslie chose life for their unborn baby. We never considered aborting Josiah. That was never an option in our minds. Uh, we wanted him to live. We wanted to choose life no matter what that meant, even if that meant it was going to be harder for us in the long run. And we watched them cling to the Lord and rely on him and do it with honor and integrity. And for that, we're so grateful for the example they've left. We were believing and we were hoping God was going to heal him at that point. And that was the only thing that we could hold on to, uh, knowing that God would take care of us no matter what happened. And so we just believed and we enjoyed every day we had with him while he was alive. She actually had a surgery the beginning of her pregnancy, um, and unfortunately that failed. And, you know, they were scared that Leslie's life was going to be in jeopardy at that point. It was one of the scariest days of my life. The doctor told me that I was just losing too much blood and that they'd have to take Josiah so that it would stop. Um, when the bleeding stopped miraculously, I was so thankful that we were able to go home that day with our son still there. After almost losing Leslie in the hospital, we knew that we couldn't go through any more medical procedures and that we had to give everything to God. We had to give Josiah's whole life to God, that if he was gonna be healed, it wasn't gonna be through a doctor. That whatever God wanted, his good and perfect will for our lives, we were ready for that. Leslie continued the pregnancy, but as she neared her third trimester, her blood pressure was noted to have increased significantly. In order to protect Leslie, we decided that she had to be delivered, and they delivered the baby on Christmas Day. It was only 29 weeks, and he lived for just a short time. To be in the hospital and to watch uh, the De Lorenzo family and others who joined them to hold that baby and the baby had already left and is in the presence of the Lord. I'm, I'm just saying that that was a great honor for us and then to watch them walk that out in the months afterward and until this day and to see them handling that in such a way as hey, we want to help others, we want to be a part of their life, we want to uh, be a blessing, we want to show others what God has shown us. We want to walk with them through their difficult times, too. You know, I first thought God was going to use this as a testimony of healing. I thought God was going to heal Josiah to bring revival to our city. And then after he passed away, we realized that God was using this to bring us into a more personal relationship with him. And, and through that experience, we're able to show the comfort that God showed us to other people as they experienced something similar. Josiah's passing awakened a passion in me to help others, to comfort others, and to be there for them when they're going through similar situations that we have gone through personally. I was praying one day about Josiah and how much I missed him, and I felt God was telling me that Josiah's passing wasn't the end. It was just the beginning. The months following Josiah's passing were the toughest emotionally months I've ever had in my life. I fell into a deep depression. I was so angry at God. I knew that God was real, but that made it even worse. But that, because to me, that meant that God, God could have done something and he didn't. And perhaps God hated me. Maybe that's why this happened. I mean, he had to hate me to let my son die, right? I was so desperate to find the truth. 
I was desperate to find a reason that it happened. And I was at a place that, that we call rock bottom. How many of y'all ever been to rock bottom before? We've, right? I had to make a decision. I was going to blame God for what happened the rest of my life and turn my back on him and curse him in my anger. Or I was going to seek the truth and find out who God really is. And so today we're going to discuss what I believe is one of the most important questions Jesus ever asked in the Bible. But before we get to that question, I want to share a little more of my journey. You see, I've been, called, I've been a so-called Christian my entire life. I was raised in the church. My parents both have actually met at Bible college, right? And it wasn't until 2015, in my time of most desperation, that Christmas, that I had no clue where to turn to, where everywhere else seemed hopeless. It was then that Jesus showed up in my suffering. Right? He was always there, but when I needed him most, he was really there. And I always remember there was a room in my house where I just wept and I worshiped in the midst of my trials. I say this, y'all probably heard me say it if you've been around me more than five minutes. I love to worship. I love to grab a guitar. I make a joyful noise. Don't, you don't want me up here singing in worship, right? I make a joyful noise. How many of you got some joyful noise people out there? Yeah, Justin, look around. Make sure you don't invite him on your team here. <laughs> I'm one of those, but I love to worship God, right? And so I would go to this room constantly in our house, and I would sit there for hours at a time, and I would get on my knees, and I would grab my guitar, and I would just worship. God, you're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I was praying and crying out, God, let this be true because I don't feel it and I don't believe it, but I'm going to keep declaring it over my life and over who you are because I need it to be true. It has to be true. You have to be good. And man, God met me there one time. For hours I would do it, hours a day. I'm not exaggerating. I would quit going to work, and for hours a day I would stay home because I was so depressed. I was so distraught. I was so hopeless. I was so lost. And Jesus met me there. Where were you in your life when Jesus got your attention? Where were you when Jesus got your attention? Were you addicted to drugs? I'm going to look over here now. Were you addicted to pornography? Were you in mountains of debt? Were you struggling with divorce? I'm going to look over here now. Were you addicted to drugs? Right? Where were you when Jesus got your attention? This is what I love about Adult and Teen Challenge. We, we aren't just sitting around waiting for people to come to us. We are actively seeking the lost sheep. They're lost, right? That means they once were found, like the prodigal son was at home. He was raised. They're lost. Jesus says, go find my sheep. I'm sending you out. We're not just sitting in our center. We're going and looking for where they are, and we're bringing them to a relationship with Jesus. That's what I love. That's one thing I love about it. David Wilkerson, when he founded Adult and Teen Challenge, he said, 
if we're going to transform someone's life, and I said this the first day I was here, uh, many, a couple months ago, he said, you got to have God for breakfast, Jesus for lunch, and the Holy Spirit for dinner. You've got to consume every part of you with Jesus. And they do that. They go to church twice a day, have Bible time for hours. I'm just, somebody asked me, I'm in Bible college right now. I'm graduating my master's at the end of this year. And, and, and they said, is that hard? One of our, our staff, I think, said, is that hard? I said, honestly, I said, what the guys are doing here is more intense than what I'm doing. I'm being honest. Their Bible studies, they're probably going to have more Bible knowledge and skill than I have with my master's degree, right? I'm being, that's, they're living it 12 hours a day. The first step to realizing where Jesus found you, right? You've thought about that for a second now. My wife's brilliant. Just bring the tissues up with you. The next step is there's a similar encounter like mine that happened in the Bible that I'm going to share here in a second. It's, it's very similar to words God spoke to me. It's in Matthew 4.19. Jesus said to them, follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. I'm going to break that down really quick. First, after Jesus finds you, right? Where did he find you? Where did he meet you? You've got that in your mind. What does he do next? He calls you to follow him. This, this follow me is not one of those casual statements of like, hey, let's go out to Rod's Pizza and get some lunch after, after church. That's not what the follow me meant. Jesus was talking to a man named Peter in this scripture, and Peter knew exactly what follow me meant. Throughout the Gospels, this phrase follow me, it's, in the Greek, it's akathusalame, and it, it is used by Jewish rabbis to mean specifically, come and be with me as my disciple for the rest of your life to live under my authoritative teaching so you can live like me. That's what it meant. It wasn't a simple, hey, follow me. And it wasn't something, uh, uh, it was a specific verbiage, right? They knew what it meant. Everybody around there were grown up with a Jewish heritage. They knew exactly what it meant. So when Jesus looked at Peter and he said, follow me, it wasn't, he didn't, Peter was not confused at what that meant. He knew what he would be committing to if he said yes. And these words were, man, Peter was a fisherman. See, these words were generally spoken to the highest educated people, the lawyers, the doctors, the ones going to Harvard. I'm just the rabbis and Jewish leaders were the highest level of educated people of the time. And so they didn't just let anyone in to follow them as their disciple. They chose the best of the best. But Jesus walks up to Peter, a fisherman, desperate, one of the lowly educated, and he says, follow me. This is so good. Jesus found me in my depression, in my bitterness, in my anger. And yet he still found me and said, follow me, Stefan. I, I wasn't at that time a pastor, a missionary. I hadn't even started Bible college. I was a news reporter. Those are like up there of today with people you don't trust, right? <laughs> I'm just being honest. I did it for like four years. I can say it. I've got the history. I was a news anchor and Jesus says, follow me. God, do you know who I am? Do you realize who you're talking to right now, Jesus? I'm a sinner. How many of y'all said that? See, I'm not good enough to follow you, Jesus. You don't know my past. You don't know where I've been. 
God, I used to get drunk on the weekends as a teenager. Did you know that about me? My parents got divorced when I was eight years old, God. This is my story, right? Did you know that about me, Jesus? The church kicked me out and my family. God, do you know that I I have bitterness in me? God, do you know who I am? You're asking me to follow you? It's easy when you're down and hurting to feel the way Peter did. And in my emotions, I believe my first response was very much like Peter's when Jesus showed up. You see, before Jesus made the declaration of Peter to follow him, it says that Peter was fishing all night long and he didn't catch one fish. But Jesus showed up, told him to throw his net on the other side of the boat. And when Peter did, he caught what? So many fish that his boat, come on, somebody help me out, started to sink, overflowing with the blessing of God when Jesus shows up. You see, that's the miracle that that was written down, right? The fish and the boat. But I think there's a miracle that we have to realize that happened right there that I think isn't talked about much. And this is the real miracle. You see, Jesus gave a desperate, hurting, scared fisherman who felt hopeless, peace, and calm in the middle of a time where he had no peace. You see, people didn't fish in the middle of the night back then. It was actually some of the texts... Uh, historical text, it was against the law. So if he was doing that, he was desperate. You don't see that often if you just read through it quickly, but when you think about it, he was desperate. There was a reason. Maybe his mortgage was overdue. Maybe his wife, maybe his, they needed food on the table, right? Maybe there was something that he was desperate, and he had to go out and work in the middle of the night. He had to go out and steal, right? He had to break the law to feed his family, but Jesus showed up and said, I know you're a lawbreaker. I know who you are. I'm not worried about your past. I didn't say, let's go back and fix everything. I said, get behind me and follow me as we move forward. We're going forward. Jesus said, follow me. And here's what Peter said. He said, go away from me, Lord. That was his first response. Get away from me. Not because he didn't like what Jesus did. Not because he didn't even like intrigued by Jesus. He said, because I'm a sinful man. I'm going to drag you down if you hang around me, Jesus. I mean, y'all know you can't drag Jesus down. (laughs) You cannot take Jesus down. But he says, go away from me. I'm a sinful man. Nonetheless, Jesus says, follow me. I know who you are. Listen, I'm here to tell you today, this is my testimony. I'm here to tell you that there is nothing in your past that will separate you from the love of God. Nothing. 
Jesus wants you to know today that it doesn't matter where you've been. It only matters where you're going. And today, he has found you, and he is saying to you, if you've never heard this before, I'm going to tell you right now, and I know this is the Holy Spirit speaking through me. He's saying, follow me. I know your past. I know where you've been. And I also know where I can take you if you go with me to freedom, to hope, to real life, and not just life, but life to the fullest where your boat will overflow with blessings after blessing and you're never going to know need again so the first step is I like I like shouting and then I got to breathe right come on because I'm excited about Jesus that's why I shout not to get your attention I'm just excited about what he's done in my life so first Jesus got your attention and he found you where you were second Jesus called you to salvation and following him right And now, here's the question that I mentioned at the beginning. This is, I think, the most important question you'll ever answer in your life. And Jesus asked it. That's how I know it's important. If Jesus is asking a question, it's got to be important. Matthew 16, 15 through 16 says, Jesus asked, who do you say I am? And Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Many, maybe all of you, we're in a church setting, right? Uh, We like to say if you've been a part of Adult and Teen Challenge for 10 minutes, you're probably saved because all we do is tell you about Jesus. We're not here to, I mean, we are, right? Hear my heart in this. We're not here to get rid of addiction. We're here to get rid of sin. And how you get rid of sin is you just give them Jesus and all the other problems go away. I mean, they're set free because we give them Jesus. The understanding of who Jesus is to Peter changed everything in the course of the rest of his life. Everything he did for the rest of his life would be centered around the fact that Jesus is God. Peter died a martyr because he knew who Jesus was. Peter was tortured and beaten because he knew who Jesus was. You think if he had doubts, he would have done all that? That was the question that Jesus asked me that changed everything for the course of the rest of my life. I was worshiping one day. And Jesus said, Stefan, this is, I'm sitting there, right? Good, good father, God. Please let that be true. Please let it be true. He says, Stefan, who am I to you? It's clear as day. Like it was a conversation. I didn't hear him verbally or audibly, but I knew he was talking to me. And I'm sitting there in that room. This is after a couple months of desperation, just crying out to God. He said, who am I to you? I said, God, you're evil. You're mean. You're spiteful. You're vengeful. You hate me. That's who you are. He said, no, Stefan. Who am I to you right now? And you see, I went to that room because that was the only time that I wasn't tormented by Satan. That was the only place when I worship, that I felt peace. You know, Saul was tormented and David came in and played the harp and he had peace. That's exactly how I felt. When I worshiped, I I just was declaring the goodness of God, whether I believed it or not, but because I was doing it, God would give me peace. And I, I just felt that burden lifted. That's why I was there so often, because it was the only place I felt peace and hope. And that's when God said that right now, right? Who am I to you right now? And I said, well, oh. 
Well, right this minute, you're, you're my love. You're my comforter. You're my healer. You're my redeemer. You are the mighty one who set me free from all, all my hurt and pain, God. That's who you are. I have peace. I have hope. I have joy right now. I don't know why, but when I'm in your presence, God, I feel free. That's who you are, God. He said, yeah, that's who I am. I said, okay. He said, Stay. I mean, the clearest day, right? I'm just sharing my testimony. This is what happens. He clearest day. He said, Stefan, he said, I didn't kill your son. He said, Stefan, none of that was my intention for your life. He said, I did not kill your son so you can go tell your testimony so others will get saved. I'm not that kind of God. Some of y'all need to hear that right now. You're using your testimony saying, God did this to me so I can help others. God didn't do that to you. But God can redeem it. You see, God said, I didn't, I didn't create sin. I didn't create death. I didn't create pain. I didn't create sickness. I didn't create alcoholism. Right? I didn't create addiction. But because of Adam and Eve and the choices of man, sin came into the world and death came into the world with it and sickness came into the world with it. But Jesus' intention knew that was going to happen. He said, I can redeem and restore and heal anything that Satan tried to use for evil, I can use for good. And you don't have to worry about your son because I got him right here in heaven. I'm holding him in my arms and you're going to see him again one day, Stephen. You may be sad right now, but I got him. I'm going to take care of him, and you'll see him again because I know for a fact that all babies go to heaven. So if you've dealt with a miscarriage or loss or anything, I'm telling you right now, you stay with Jesus, and you're going to be reunited. I can't wait to meet my son in heaven. I'm so excited. Him going to heaven didn't, didn't affect him. Man, he, got to, he didn't have to deal with all the crap we have. To, I'm sorry if I say that. All the stuff we have to deal with in life, right? I mean, I'm glad I'm on this earth. I get to be with my wife and my kids, and I love my life. But Josiah's in heaven. It's sad for me. Yes, very sad for me. But I'm going to see him again in heaven. And so I'm going to follow God one day at a time, Jesus. I locked arms with Jesus everywhere I go. All right, where are we going? Where are we going? Jesus, sometimes he's got to drag you, doesn't he? <laughs> but I'm staying with him, locked arms. So I'm going to ask you right now, and I want you to think about it and think very seriously on this. If you had to answer the question right now, if Jesus walked up to you, he said, Pastor Matt, who am I to you? What would your answer be? What would your answer be if Jesus walked up right now and said, who am I to you? And I hope, I, I pray to God that you don't have to have a, giant hurt in your life to make that decision that God you're my healer you're my comforter Lord you're the love of my life you are the son of God the Messiah you're everything you can make that decision today if you've not made that decision you can make a commitment to follow Jesus for the rest of your life the question that I needed answer was, who are you? Did I believe he was who he said he was? Or did I think, you know, maybe I could just use God for whenever I need a wish granted. And when he didn't grant the wish the way I wanted, I turn away. It's the heart of God that I needed to know. 
It's not what he could do for me or what he did whenever. I just needed to know that my dad loved me. And when I knew that he loved me, whatever happens doesn't matter because he loves me. And he's going to do everything he can to take care of me. And he's going to do that for you. Jesus, if there's nothing, man, my wife and I were in that hospital. And we're holding our son. He lived for about 15 minutes. And praise God, he gave us some time with him. Our son, he had such a sweet look on his face. The doctor said, we don't know if he's going to come out dead. We don't know if he's going to come out screaming in pain. We don't have a clue if he's going to come out. We don't know. I was praying he's coming out perfect. And he was perfect. And he came out. My wife and I got to hold him. And I said, Leslie, no matter what we do, I just want to tell him that Jesus loves him. And so we sang to him for those 15 minutes. Jesus loves you. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. I wanted him to know that Jesus loves him. It wasn't a salvation issue. I knew he was going to heaven. But if, if there's one thing anyone that is ever born needs to know, it's that Jesus loves them. And once you know that Jesus loves you, you know who he is to you. You can do anything. You can go anywhere. I'm going to ask the team to come up. You know, it's a little messy sometimes. My wife knows when I share my testimony, I cry because it's real. And I do miss Josiah very much. And it's never going to stop, but I'm going to see him again one day, right? No, go ahead. Come on up. Yes, yes. We're going to sing in just a second. And Jesus said, follow me. Here's the last part of it right here. Ready? And I will send you out to fish for people. There's, I, I came to Adult and Teen Challenge because I had a convicting so much to be as close to the heart of God as I could. I needed to be in ministry 24-7. I, I need to follow Jesus and serve him every ounce of every living second of my day. And I'm not saying I'm working 24 seven. That's with my wife first and my children first. Y'all hear that? Our first ministry is our family, is loving them the way Jesus loved them. That's my first priority. But I wanted to be so close to the heart of Jesus that I was just convicted when I wasn't loving people, right? And I'm not saying you need to quit your job and go into full-time ministry. You need to love people right where you are. God has you where you are for a reason. My former pastor said this all the time too. He said, he said you can reach people in your job that I can never reach. A lot of the disciples had jobs. They were tent makers, right? As they traveled, they did things. I think they were strategic about that. I think they did that so they can be like, oh, you need to buy a tent. You're coming to me. Hey, while you're here, let me tell you about Jesus. Right? They knew what they were doing. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to have some time with Jesus. We're going to have some time with Jesus.
Are you ready? I want everybody to stand. I think I got through half my message. Is that all right? I'm just done with that. We're letting the Holy Spirit flow. We're going to worship here. And I want you to come down to this altar. We're going to have some time with Jesus. Maybe you need, maybe you need a, a fishing boat experience. Maybe you need a in the room alone worshiping God experience. Maybe you're hurting today. Maybe you're saying, man, I thought I was coming to hear a presentation about Teen Challenge. No, no, no. You know what we do? We're here to tell you about Jesus. Wherever we go, we're just telling people about Jesus. God's going to take care of us. We're good to go. And so if you're ready to make that commitment, maybe you said, you know, I gave my heart to Jesus 10 years ago, and I've been a Christian. I know I'm going to heaven, but I've never really committed Maybe I didn't know. Maybe the preacher didn't tell me what kind of commitment I was making. Maybe I thought it was one of those, you sign up on the potluck to show up on Sunday once a week. Maybe I, I, that's what I thought follow me went. I didn't know the term. I didn't know the Greek meaning. No one ever defined it for me, what I was really signing up for. I don't like to say, it's just me. I'm sorry if you say, I don't know that you do. I just, I don't like to say, are you ready to like give your heart to Jesus, right? And I, I say that, but... It's not something you're giving. It's are you ready to commit to follow Jesus the rest of your life? Because that's what you're doing. Because to give something away is like a is like a one time. Oh, here you go. You can have that. Get good. I gave Jesus my heart ten years ago. I'm going to heaven, and then you walk away. No, no, no. No, it's a, you're committing to follow Jesus the rest of your life. All right, Jesus, give me your arm. You saw that chain message the other day. He was chaining himself to the Holy Spirit. If you were here. Pastor Matt is preaching it. You're chaining. You're locking arms with Jesus, God. I don't care. Oh, oh, you want to take me from my hometown that I've lived 31 years and my wife and all of our families here? And you want us to sell everything we own? And you want us to move to Arkansas? All right, Jesus, wherever you go. That sounds weird. That's not comfortable. I don't like that. My, my wife misses her mother very much. Her mother misses her grandkids. But I'm locked arms with Jesus and I'm locked arms with my wife. And we're going together. And I praise God. He's given me a godly wife that says, whatever God tells you to do, I'm here with you. And I praise God for you, Leslie. I mean that. I don't say it enough, but I do. We're going to worship right now. As I, was in, as I was in that room, after I answered God, I just, God gave me this song, and I wrote this song. It'll be on the screen. This was my response to God when he said, follow me. When when I had that peace, I said, okay, God, I will follow. And I just, it was five minutes. Like God just downloaded it as a prayer back to him. And I just wrote this song. And we're going to sing that. I want you to, I want you to sing this with us. I want you at this time, this is the altar time, right? I want you to worship with your voices. You'll, You'll catch on quick. And I want you to come down to these altars. And some of our guys, our Teen Challenge guys, deacons, pastor, whoever wants to come pray with you, we're going to come pray with you. We're going to do some business with Jesus today. Because if you leave here not choosing to follow Jesus, that's on you. We've got the Holy Spirit here. He's been here this whole weekend with the women's conference. He's been here for years. The Holy Spirit's ready to meet with you. Let's, Let's worship. Go ahead. Be right here. I'll pray. We're just going to stay in the presence of God. Make this your prayer right now.